the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's the Axe Tornado, Todd Vandenberg, and I'm the Nature Dragon, Rob Steele. It was WrestleMania weekend. And do we know how it all went? No, of course not, because we're not a wrestling show. If you want to know what happened there, you need to go somewhere else. We have movies. We have TV shows. We have news about movies and TV shows, including this, the worst well, not necessarily the worst marketing idea, but the weirdest marketing idea I've heard in a long time. Uh, for a movie called Voyagers, which had nothing to do with Phineas Bogg and a stopwatch and this little Jewish kid that he kidnaps out of his New York apartment. No, not that one. Nor does it have anything to do with Star Trek. Frankly, I don't know what the movie's about. But you know how in in in, uh, in trailers you occasionally get the ones that say, these people said this about this movie, and they said, that, and the New York Times said this, and the LA Chronicle said this. Well, apparently, they decided to put a quote from the New York Times at the beginning of this trailer, and the quote was, This is a bomb. <laughs> That's not a good thing when you're talking about movies. Actually, I'm trying to think of when, a, you know, this is a bomb would be a good thing. This is the bomb or duh bomb. That's different, but this is a bomb. Yeah, it's an explosive. That's not good. (laughs) If your movie bombs, that means it's going to suck. Yeah, that would be bad. Don't, don't, uh, unless it's porn, then I suppose it could be good. But no, don't. That would be a different kind of suck. (laughs) Yeah, we're a family-friendly show. Anyway. But but you see, that's at my segue. Speaking of things sucking, uh, Paramount did confirm that there will be a release of a new Star Trek movie. However, every Paramount movie that's going to come out in the next two years has had its dates rearranged. And we could make a whole show out of what the new dates are all by themselves, and we're not going to do it. So if you want to know when your Paramount movie is coming out, look it up. Don't plan on going this weekend or next weekend because it's not there anymore. It's been moved. Look it up. Along with pretty much everything. It's it's just ridiculous. Uh, similar to this story out of California where they're planning to return theater or well, cinemas to 100% capacity on June 15th. The words bad idea have readily sprung into my head. What do you think? Mm, Probably not the best idea, but June is a long way away. Um, Not as long as it's, it's roughly two months. Well, we're, we're getting what 4 million people a day vaccinated now. Um, And, and, but the key of course is that vaccination is not 100% effective no i mean you're still and it doesn't prevent i don't know that it really prevents you getting it it just makes it a lot less deadly well, most of the studies are showing that it's much less likely to get to be infected but much less likely is not the same as not, not. getting it yeah. so yeah hey i'm not too keen on the whole concept of 100 percent capacity but like i said at least they're Looking at June, and of course they can always change it, just like they change release dates for movies constantly. Because if things are looking worse, which is if that's odd, because I know they're talking about adding more restrictions again in California, because they're getting spikes again, like 
several states are. Yep. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm excited about the prospect of finally being going, going back to a movie theater, uh, depending on how full the movie theater is. Because, yeah, personally, I don't want to sit right next to someone who is... Uh, not either. You know. Um, <clears throat> actually, another couple dates that did come out. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, they said, is now going to be November 11th. But they released a clip, and the clip was kind of... Okay, the clip was kind of weird. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, that is actually a movie I'm looking forward to because it, it looks like they did a good job of it. The clips I've seen, it does look like it, it will be a lot of, hopefully, it will match the clips. So, And the, the other movie that I'm really looking forward to this year is, is Dune, which now has an October 1st uh, release date in cinemas. Will it be coming out on HBO Max the same day? Maybe? Will it come out 45 days later, which is the alternative I've heard? We don't know. Right. I suspect we'll find out closer to October. Yeah, exactly. We'll 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 find out when the day hits because everything is so fluid. Everything's in flux right now. I mean, like Black Widow, you know, and now it's in July, and and apparently a lot of the distribute just theater chains are upset because HBO Warner's is doing that uh, day and date HBO Max. But I mean, July is still kind of early, guys. So, I and and it, hopefully they'll actually stick with this and actually release it eventually. Because my gosh, but. A release I'm looking forward to coming soon, like in about 10 days, 10 days, 12 days. Anyway, sometime soon, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, which looks interesting. Yeah, it looks very good. And it looks better than Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, which I have a soft spot in my head for that. Not in my heart, but in my head, because that part of my brain apparently is corrupted. Because, yeah, it's not a good movie. Parts of are fun, but geez, man. <laughs> Didn't exactly uh, improve on the the original, which is not a bad movie. It's a fun movie, but this looks like it could be very, very good. Hopefully, it will be. They're not wearing Halloween masks this time, which is a segue Um, (laughs) to the next story. Did you see the trailer that finally came out for Batman The Long Halloween, the next in the animated series? Um. I love the story and it looks like they're doing a good job of it. I'm not sure I'm really digging the style that they put the animation in though. I'm glad you said that. I really don't like the style. I don't really care for the, the style that DC has gone with on, on any other. I mean, it's different, which is different is okay. And, and this is even different from that. The new style they seem to have gone with. I'm not a fan of it. It just, there's something about it that just looks off. Yeah. It's it's nothing I can put my finger on yet. I, fi- I suspect I'll be able to after it comes out. Um, another trailer that came out this week, and I don't know if you saw this, Picard Season 2, where they did a heavy tease of the return of another, I'm going to call him a beloved character from The Next Generation, uh, that's known by a single letter. See, I'm not spoiling anything, but he's also in some Bond movies and he does some gadget stuff. No, that's a different guy, but the same name. <laughs> it is the same name. You know, they're just, they're building it up and I like that they're doing that and I like that this character will be coming back. 
go watch the trailer and you'll go, but I don't know who he's talking about. And if you still don't know after you watch the trailer, that's on you. <laughs> I'm not spoiling it. Quite you know, true. Just saying, you know, building it up, which leads into my first review. See? I was reintroduced this week uh, to a show that I I liked a lot when I was living in Germany because that's where I first discovered it because that's where it first came out. It's actually a, it's not a BBC show. It's an ITV show, which is like BBC, but different called Big Bigger Biggest, which is a documentary series that talks about the how they get to the point where they are with a particular thing. The first episode is about skyscrapers. So they talk about uh, what was at the time called the uh, Burj Dubai. Now it is the, I think the Burj Khalifa, which I don't know why they changed its name, but it's, it is the uh, largest building in the world, or at least it was at the time. Um, and it talks about how they started building skyscrapers. And important thing, important steps they had to get to, to get to the next stage where they had to make something else to get to the next stage, to get to the next stage and so on and so forth until we end up with this enormous building. I did not realize that the Burj Khalifa is, I think it's like a hundred feet short of being two Sears Towers or whatever the building in Chicago is being called on top of each other, which is just ridiculously huge. Yeah. But that's the first episode. Uh, They've got one for skyscrapers. They've got one for tunnels, um, trains, aircraft carriers, cruise ships, just a bunch of stuff. And they tell you how they were developed. And it's a fascinating series that does something that I think a lot more documentaries of this nature need to do. They do throw the occasional humor into it because when they're building these big buildings, they use a computer generated, uh, basically it looks like a blueprint. It's just white lines on a blue background and occasionally there's people. And <laughs> the, the you know, sometimes they'll be building something and, well, if they do it like this, then this part's going to fall off and it falls off and it usually kills somebody in kind of a squish kind of way. <laughs> Or when they were talking about uh, building elevators, there was a, a shot of an elevator coming up the shaft. And they said one of the big scares of building elevators was there wasn't a way to stop them if the string broke. And they cut the string and the elevator falls back down the shaft with screaming effects. Just to make sure you're still awake while watching a documentary, which is fun. And no, no one was actually hurt in the making of the series because none of them are real. Uh, a lot of people died building the stuff that they were doing because some of it's really dangerous, like the tunnels. Yeah. Holy cow. Millions of people died building tunnels. But uh, it's a fascinating series. I am not allowed to tell you that you can probably find every episode on YouTube. I'm supposed to tell you you can find it on National Geographic in the States. Uh, in the UK, I think it's probably still on ITV somewhere. But it's if you like finding out how things were made, this is a really cool series to watch. So big, bigger, biggest, two thumbs up. 
how to build. They did not tell us how to build planets yet, because you know we don't know how to do that. They, uh, but that's my segue into your review, Mercury, or at least your first one. Mercury to Venus, and eventually we'll get to Jupiter. It's like yeah. So where shall I go? I'm gonna go with. I'm actually talking about a few different series here. So neither one of the series that I really want to talk about are over yet. So we're in the middle of both of these. The first is called Invincible. This is based on a comic series, which is a very good series. I've read some of it. And so far, it's hewing pretty closely to the comic. It is about a teenager who finds out that he has powers, too. His dad is an alien, basically like a Superman analog. And... Dad lets him know, he's like, hey, guess what, kid? At some point, you're, you're probably going to have powers, too. And he, has, and he gets his powers, and he's finding out, oh, my God, I do have powers, and how am I going to use them? But he's also a teenager, so it has a little bit of that Peter Parker angst thrown, thrown in there. Not that he's similar to Peter Parker. It's just that situation. Difference is, is that Dad is Superman. So a lot of interesting things going on here. Dad is kind of an ass, uh, and... Excellent voice casting, by the way. They have J.K. Simmons playing Dad, which, who is perfect for the role. And Mark, who is who has decided to call himself Invincible, even though he isn't. Uh, so he's figuring out how to use his powers. He teams up with some other teens. Again, parallels to Teen Titans, things like that. And sometimes things work, sometimes don't. So it's the story of how Mark is adjusting to the superhero life and how it's affecting his love life in really bad ways. And what's going on with his dad, because dad has some weird issues going on. Like maybe he did some things he shouldn't have done. So you just have to watch the series to see. The most recent episode just came out, episode five, and it's called That Actually Hurt. Where Mark, <laughs> and it's great, Mark takes on, he decides to help a villain to overthrow a worse villain. Now, the villain is kind of like a combination of Colossus and the Thing, where he can take on a different form, but it's stone instead of steel. So, And he's been working for this crime boss because basically the guy blackmailed him into it, and so he's knocking off banks and doing jobs for him and stuff, but he wants to get out of it, and he can't. So he goes to Invincible, he goes to Mark for help, and Mark decides to help him. So they, they have this big battle, and it turns out that the guy's superpower, other being his name is Machine Head, they have some great characters in this series, and it, so he basically he has like a robot head, uh, and he can predict what things are going to happen, so that's his superpower. So he gets a team of villains to come in and protect him and there's a huge knockdown drag out fight in which invincible gets his butt kicked and shows that he is not invincible and then the team that he used to work with or the team he does still work with they show up to help him out and huge battle royal and they kind of get their butt kicked and mark gets well let's just say there's a reason it's called that actually hurt so one thing about this is lots of humor to this. Excellent voice acting. I mean, let's see. J.K. Simmons is an Oscar winner. Uh, Mahershala Ali plays the character that he helps out. Oscar winner. 
uh, two Golden Globes for Sandra Oh, who plays his mom. I mean, there's a ton of talent attached to this show. Uh, the animation is excellent. I mean, it's not like Studio Ghibli level, but I mean, it's really good animation. Better than what Warner's is doing now. Um, and the <laughs> plots are really, really well done. I will say this, though. If you are not a fan of violence, yeah, don't watch this because this thing is bloody and gory. This would be R-rated for sure if this yeah. was out at the theaters because, wow. Every episode, someone's face gets smashed or or they're disemboweled. And, oh, look at their intestines. I mean, that level of stuff. Every episode. Uh, personally, I love it. <laughs> but extremely good show. Um, this one, to, to me, is just kind of flying under the radar. I mean, it's got excellent ratings on IMDb. Uh, the first episode is rated a 9, and that's on a 10. The worst rated episode is 8.1 and that was for the previous episode when when mark goes off to another planet for an adventure and, and i agree that was the weakest episode it's still really good and this episode is rated a 9.4 and totally deserves it because it really ratchets up the stakes in the overall arc and the episode itself is really really good so again this is on amazon prime highly recommend invincible i believe they've already announced that the second season is, is they've inked the deal for that and I, again the talent level on this is just terrific and uh couldn't recommend it more well, i could recommend it more so i will so yeah watch invincible extremely <laughs> good stuff very fun but again violence level is like ratcheted up to like that, that's what level. i've heard about it is that it's really good but there's a lot of a lot of red stuff <laughs> yeah a lot of good stuff. Basically, this is what Mortal Kombat should have been, when and apparently might be. We'll find out on, what is it, April twenty third for Mortal Kombat. Twenty third to twenty fourth. Yeah, I don't remember which, but yeah, that week. So in the meantime, if you got to get your blood Jones on, Invincible is there for you because holy crap, good good stuff. The other series I'm watching, I'm actually watching two other series, but. This is also ongoing, and they have just dropped episode four. And like Invincible, there's, they're saving the best for last, and I'm talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <clears throat> I was really looking forward to this. What about you? I was hesitant about this one. Mm -hmm. I Why? wanted to say this sounds like something I would really like. Except mm -hmm. that, and I guess this is kind of true of all the Avengers movies, I was never into the Avengers that much. You're you, sir, are a Philistine. I am. <laughs> so I actually was more into the X-Men characters. I knew I, I would follow the Avengers in that I know roughly what happens in the storylines. Yeah. But I never, you know, collected the books or anything. Um never really got into either Bucky who, who was Bucky because I, I go back before winter soldier. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is Falcon I thought was kind of cool, but he was never in enough books as far as I was concerned. So Falcon and winter soldier, I kind of went, it looks interesting. You know what? I guess I'll watch it. 
and I'm enjoying the crap out of it. It's yeah. it's a very good series. I mean, I I'm agree. also curious to see how many X Men references they're going to throw into all these Disney Plus TV shows because holy cow, oh, constantly, constantly, like the fact that we're in Madripoor. <laughs> it in, in, in uh, the what, what book was that? Wolverine number one. Yeah. Hmm. So lots and lots of <laughs> lots and lots of X Men references. So basically, if you have not been watching it, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Cap's two buddies—not that they're buddies with each other—they they they coexist, and that's and that's about it. And, and, and they're on friendly terms, but at, at one point, as Sam says, it's like, yeah, when we're done with this, we'll never see each other again. And <laughs> you says, go that way, I go this way, and uh-huh. yeah, and they're happy with that. But so Sam, of course, was given the shield by Cap. You're the new Captain America. Sam felt, as he says in the first episode, or actually as he says in the scene when he's given the shield, it feels like this belongs to somebody else. He doesn't feel he's up to being Captain America. And and the, the key here is, and I think we'll see this pay off at the end of the series, is what he doesn't feel up to being is Steve Rogers. Right. And, and Steve made it clear to him, not asking you to be Steve Rogers. I'm telling you, you are worthy of being Captain America, and I think he'll figure that out. I hope by the end of the series, which is coming soon because there's only six uh, episodes in the series. So someone else is named Captain America, and it's John Walker. And this is straight from the comics. They're combining some storylines as they always do, but John Walker is an extremely decorated veteran, three-time Medal of Honor winner. I mean, basically a pretty good gadoon. Except maybe at his heart, he's not a really good dude. And we really dive into that in this latest episode. And to me, this is the best episode by quite a bit. And I've liked all of the episodes, but this episode has so much going on. Uh, we see what's going on with John Walker, that because he's just, he's just a regular guy. He's, he's like Falcon. I mean, he's well-trained and everything else, and he can throw the shield. And as one person very smartly, astutely pointed out, he can throw the shield and he can use it, but he ain't Cap because Bucky catches the shield in his hand, but not with his augmented fake mechanical arm. He just catches it with his regular arm. Now, Bucky got the super, so- super soldier serum too, but still, when Cap threw the shield at him in Winter Soldier, he had to catch it with his prosthetic arm. He just catches it with his regular hand in the movie in the series, I should say, which pretty much tells you, okay, the power levels are very different between John Walker and Steve Rogers. So they're chasing the the Flag Smashers, who is this group who has, who basically wants to repair the damage that governments have done since the blip. And this is one of the things I find is just fascinating about this show, and this episode really brings it out. There's a lot of political and philosophical discourse going on in this. This is not just an action show. This is, to me, this is a great follow-up to The Winter Soldier, because there was a lot going on in that movie. It's an espionage thriller, but it's a political thriller, too, and this is the same thing. Um, Sam wants to meet with the leader of the Flag Smashers, who basically are viewed as a terrorist group, and, well, they do blow up a building and kill people, but their motivation is to get equal treatment for all the people who came back from the blip because they're kind of like treated like second-class citizens. They bring that out early in the series where 
Sam is trying to get a mortgage, a new mortgage for his house and business for his family, his sister and her family basically, and can't get it because he can't, he has no established income for the last five years. It's like, well, he was gone for five years. He didn't exist. And yet the system hasn't adjusted for that. And you figure if they can't even do it for Sam Wilson, they can't do it for an Avenger. What are they doing to everybody else? So it's really making that point very strongly. Sam decides, I don't want to fight her. I want to meet with her and just talk about it. Because Sam, and this is why Steve wanted to give Sam the shield, because he's a good man. And this really brings that home. It's like, the solution is talk to Sam. It's not fighting. And things going to go haywire, and he's overruled by somebody, so a big fight breaks out. Well, at the end of this episode, we find out who John Walker is at his core. And if you know the comics, you you know where it's headed. So, and I'll just leave it at that, but absolutely terrific. And every, every episode has some excellent fight scenes, uh, but there's so much more going on here than just action. And this is so different, so different from WandaVision. Loved WandaVision. And, and that's one of the things I like about what Marvel is doing, what Kevin Feige is like, he's supervising this, is like, we're going to make a lot of different types of stories. I mean, this this couldn't be more different from WandaVision if it was a cooking show. Um, <laughs> actually, I guess there was some cooking in WandaVision. So, but I just love that they went back to to the Captain America Winter Soldier world and in some ways they're doing it even better i mean they're definitely expanding on it and i'm the only thing i don't like about it is that there's only two episodes left i I wish they had more longer i wish they had gone like eight or even ten episodes because there's a lot of story to tell um although the one thing i do like about it is we're for sure getting a sequel not necessarily a follow-up series this we're, they're going to continue the story, I guess is how I should say. But it could be in a movie. It could be in another series. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? Because they only have, and these are, what, 50-some minutes left? 50-some right. minutes, so we only have two episodes left. Which, that's one thing. I mean, each episode is longer than WandaVision, so it kind of evens out. But, yeah, I could watch this for 10 or 12 more episodes. So just two episodes to go. So I have a feeling I know where it's going, except for... Who the power broker is, who is like the underlying, I don't know if it's the underlying villain or, hard to say. It's a major mover in this plot. I have two theories on who the power broker is, and we'll we'll talk about that. We should have talked about that. I was was going to throw a theory at you that I have heard um, who the power broker might be. And some people have speculated that it might be Sharon Carter, who pops back up in this. Um, some people have also speculated that it's not really Sharon Carter, that it's Mystique. No, I've not heard the one about Mystique. Uh, that, that's one I came across yesterday and went, really? Okay. Hadn't gone there with it. I don't but... why Mystique as opposed to a lot of other people like maybe Magneto. But Well, no, uh, Sharon Carter would be Mystique, not the power oh, broker. Gotcha. The power broker. Gotcha. Um, that would be very interesting. I can totally yeah. see Sharon Carter as as the power broker because it makes sense in the context of the series. 
the fact that she's on the outs, that she's literally not happy with her government. And so it makes a lot of sense in a lot of different ways. I mean, they've definitely setting up for her to be an anti-hero, if not even a villain. So interesting to see where they go with this. Uh, And I love the characterization of Baron Zemo. He's much more interesting in this. Much more interesting in this than he was. They haven't glued his mask to his face like they did in the books, which is good. Yeah, which is good. Who knows? Maybe that'll happen. But let's 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 kind of hope not. That was he's, he's almost that was a stupid an, idea. But yeah, they did it in the sixties. An antihero in this, almost. Um, but but at the least, it's uh, one thing that Marvel has done better at is you have villains, but they have clear motivations that make sense in their world. They're not just like rubbing their hands together. <laughs> Who can I destroy? They're doing what they think is good. Even Thanos was doing what he thought was for the greater good. So right. I, I love the fact that they're they're making these characters so three-dimensional. So absolutely great, great series. Very different from Invincible, also worth watching. And, of course, this is on Disney+. Plus. So well, very good gonna stuff. Going to go from three-dimensional characters to ones that I'm not even sure have a dimension? That sounds awesome. <laughs> Oh, dear. I came across something that uh, came out about two weeks ago, apparently, called Kranatelli. Starts with a K-H, and that's because it's Russian. Um, This was made in 1991 from Russia's Channel 5. It is available on YouTube. Uh, And if you want the full spelling, look at the show notes. It's in there. I think I'm even going to put it in the title this week. This is a Russian translation and an attempt at making The Fellowship of the Ring in 1991 on Russian television. And if that doesn't sound like it's going to be a bad idea, you're right. It is a very bad idea. They weren't ready for this. I'm so happy you're doing this because I heard about it and I haven't watched it yet. But yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, let's start with uh, the birthday party scene because they did a good job of trying to stick with it. Uh, You know, as far as the story is concerned, kind of. There was a scene at the beginning of The Lord of the Rings that we're familiar with that came out a good 10 years after this in a theater with, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, yeah, a budget. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure this had a budget. Gandalf and his fireworks are not so much, ooh, we've shot off some fireworks and we're filling them from the ground. No, we've had him throw his cloak in front of the camera and use the John Madden drawing a reverse play on the screen only this time with stars. There's your fireworks. Oh my God. Um, Let's see. Gollum. Everyone loves Gollum. Gollum in this is a guy painted green and covered in what I'm pretty sure is lettuce. (laughs) Yeah, it it really is as it's actually worse than I'm making it sound. It's, it's not good. Frodo has quite possibly the worst mullet I have ever seen on any carbon-based biped. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. The Nazgul, yeah, they're, they're, the Nazgul are there. They're guys on horses in black hoods. Um, wow. This, 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 you remember when I talked about Atlantic Rim 
a couple of yes. years ago, the, the, the knockoff of Pacific Rim and how bad it was. I, I watched half an hour of that before I got sick and turned it off. This is worse. Um, <laughs> occasionally, there's a, for some reason, all the f- fighting scenes with swords and stuff are done on a green screen. And I'm not sure why. Nor am I sh- sure why the swords occasionally green screen themselves out. The swords will just poop. It's gone. And, and, you know, the actors will still pretend like they're there. And ooh, look at me fencing with nothing in my hand because it's all disappeared. And they didn't bother reshooting. Oh, wow. The, uh, they do show the ring, the one ring, and they, they, they do a nice close-up on it. And you remember how in, in the version we like, they're, they throw it in the fire and the words become a, uh, uh, appear on the ring and they just kind of burn their way onto the outside. This one, they don't do that. Um, the words are not on the outside of the ring. They're on the inside of the ring. It's an inscription, but it's not in the language of Mordor. It looks like German, but it's upside down. You know, if you turn the ring over, ooh, I can read it now. It's much better. No, it's upside down. Wow. Um, the movie is still just short of two hours long. Not sure why. Uh, it has a rock band soundtrack, I think. It sounds like they're trying to be a rock band, but they're not quite sure about which direction they want to go with it. Um, if you watch it on YouTube, which is the only way you can do it now, and it's legal to do so, uh, you're going to have to fiddle with the settings to get the subtitles to come up in English because, gee, they didn't dub it. I wonder why. Oh, that's because it's crap. It's not worth dubbing. Um, and even then, the subtitles are not going to keep up with it. And you're going to go, I wonder what he said. That You know what? I don't care what he said there. It's not going to matter. It's, it, it doesn't make it. it, it yeah. It's the sure they can't afford fireworks. They can't afford dubbing. <laughs> they, yeah. It's. Wow. Gollum is covered in lettuce. Um you know what, Cranitelli, it, it, as horrible as I'm making it sound, I know you're going to at least look it up on YouTube and go, all right, was it really as bad as, oh my God, it is. Um, I'm still going to recommend it a little bit. Not the whole thing. Do not sit through the whole thing. You'll have a stroke and I don't want that for you. But watch a little bit of it. Get a good giggle out of it and go, that was crap. Click. I think I'll watch something else. Like Invincible or Big Bigger Biggest or uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Any of those. Watch those. But take just a bit. Just a bit of Cranitelli. Just a bit of it and go. Just enough to go. Yeah, I watched some of it. It's not good. Kind of like. Uh, kind of like COVID. COVID, COVID is also not good, and it still exists, yes. and theaters are not 100% open yet, and not everyone has been vaccinated, so we've given you some options, so you can just safely stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed! Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Hey, who turned out the lights?